Hello, hello, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. You're always authentic and readily ridiculed Chicago Bears podcast. I'm your host, Austin. As always, I'm here with my gracious co-host, Reese. Reese, man, how are you feeling this week? I'm doing pretty good. You know, this is an exciting week. I'm gearing up for Thanksgiving, you know. Go Tigers. Uh, (laughs) You know. Obviously excited for uh, the festivities next week, but there's still some football to get through um, over the course of this weekend. And of course, a very exciting, uh, very exciting weekend, very exciting Sunday um, because Justin Fields will be back. So, you know, a lot to look forward to and, uh, you know, some positive news coming out of Hallis Hall this week. Yeah, you know, and and before we get into the actual Bears, I, I have to say that I was disgusted with what I saw on social media of people disparaging Coach O, uh, trying to claim that his new shirtless commercial or whatever promotion that he's doing is not the sexiest commercial of all time. I think it's up there. You know, I don't know if they officially ruled on sexiest man of the year yet. I know that Jason Kelsey is involved in that, but really missing an opportunity (laughs) here with Coach O. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh, he's looking for not what, what was the product of that again? And, and we're not not paid, and we're not. Uh, we were just too mesmerized. I I couldn't even remember. Uh, it was like Roback or something like that. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, it was uh, Roback. When you're an athlete like myself, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you were a coach, man. I, I can't remember the last time you were an athlete, but you know, yeah, he was out there, you know, doing his thing. You know, he was is getting busy on the football field. Um, I don't even can't remember. Was he throwing the football? Like oh, he yeah. He was doing some lineman yeah, drills, I, I, you know, you know, but listen, uh, coach, listen, o, you know? I, I saw on, on social media, a, a proposal that I thought was pretty good. Normally again, Twitter is just a cesspool of like the most worst takes you could ever imagine in football, but this one was pretty good. Um, so you know how in baseball they make the managers wear like the full, full uniform, oh, yeah. I think, yeah, they need to do that in football now, too. Full helmet. <laughs> Harbaugh is like halfway there. You know, he he does wear the khakis and he wears the cleats. I respect that. And the gloves. I, and the gloves. gloves. Yeah, the gloves. Are, <laughs> that's right. And he's always warming up before the game, too, in case he needs to step in there. Emergency quarterback. But, you know, this is what I'll say. I, I really feel like we need to start getting these head coaches full helmet. You know, same rules, full pads. You never know what's going to happen. Eberflus would do it, you know? Oh, can, yeah. He'd can, be the first see, one on that train. I, I can see the grin under the face mask right now, you know? That <laughs> what's little Eberflus. <laughs> that, that's what's up his sleeve. We got to get that ad to the soundboard, you know? The, so uh, oh, yeah. what was up your sleeve, Matt? What's up yours? <laughs> Man, he had the biggest grin after that comment. That yeah. was uh it's like, oh, I got you. Gotcha, he got them. Um, in other NFL news, man, uh, Watson, Deshaun Watson out for season, you know, gets that shoulder surgery. Andrew, uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. The Andrew, the Browns GM can't remember his last name, but saying that it was yeah, a, don't uh, worry about it. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fantastic, uh, sh- display of toughness. Um, him 
being able to stay in the game and and still making throws even after that. I think they're really just covering up, which is one of the worst will go down as one of the worst trades of NFL history. Uh, Watson is <laughs> guaranteed like five, five years fully guaranteed. So like there's literally nothing that this team can do uh, to remove him from the team. I'm not saying he's bad. He's been fine, but like he has not been anywhere near where we thought he would have been. And us bears fans can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Cause you know, it was rumored for a little bit. The bears were kind of getting involved in that before it really trans everything transpired legally for him. Um, so yeah, I, bears finally did something right for once. Thank you, Ryan pace. <laughs> yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, Deshaun Watson, the Russell Wilson, when we were drawing up what, uh, what trades would need to happen, uh, to get them over here. Those were, those were interesting days, you know, and of course we, we end up, uh, taking Justin Fields and, uh, we're still kind of in an interesting position. So, you know, keeps going round and round. Maybe, you know, maybe the Bears got to make a move for, for Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, just the, we dodged a bullet there, too. Holy crap. Well, he's starting to heat up a little bit. You know, he's playing better this year. Yeah, but if he was with Eberflus, he'd be fucking horrible. <laughs> he'd, be, <laughs> he'd be really, really bad still. Um, well, we've seen what it looked like with a, with a former Green Bay assistant last year when he was terrible oh, yeah. <laughs> with with him and Hackett. So I can only imagine with Getsy and him, it would be... Uh, with Hackett's little brother, Getsy. <laughs> you yeah, exactly. You get full Hackett. You get his little brother. Oh, <laughs> the minion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, not, not funny at all, but I did see someone on Twitter... Well, I, I mean, this is this is the comedic part of all this is I feel like this is what everyone was wanting from Watson, given like the whole legal situation that transpired. Obviously not going to speak on that, but having it all kind of backfire in their face when they took one of the most risky character moves, probably uh, kind of disparaging the franchise move, which really, honestly, I would say almost changed the way that people looked at the franchise. That is the Browns. Um, I mean, this, they were the underdog. They were the team that was losing left and right way worse. I mean, we're in a bad situation as bears fans, but I mean, where the Browns were back, you know, geez, it feels like like three or four or five years ago at this point, they were in a deep, dark place. Um, so I, I, it kind of changed them from being the lovable underdogs to kind of becoming uh, the hated, you know, people that are paying the predator millions and millions of guaranteed <laughs> dollars. I also saw someone on Twitter refer to him as Groper Cleveland, which, you know, was was pretty, pretty clever. <laughs> I will clever. say it's a it's a move that you'd expect the Raiders to make, you know. In all respect to the Raiders yeah. organization, that that that's a a Raiders type move, and it's had a a Raiders like result <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Um, okay, yeah, let's let's go ahead and move on to the Bears. Man, I'm, we're coming off such a weird week, as we mentioned on the post game podcast, that this was really a weird win. It was a nothing win. Um, but at the same time, like outside of the fact that we won, really there's a lot of things to kind of look forward to. As you said, Justin Fields coming back this week, which I think is huge. All the Bajent believers are are put to shame now. Bajent obviously didn't, you know, didn't do what I think a lot of people thought he would do, but still manages to go two and two. What I can say that I'm excited for is this is, 
really the best roster at the moment that Justin Fields has played with and best, per, at least not only from namesake, but like actually performing wise, the offensive line actually looks pretty good going into this week. And we're getting Nate Davis back. It seems um, so it's going to be, it's going to be one to remember Cody Whitehair, unfortunately is going to be benched. I know a lot of people are celebrating that. I don't know, man, still kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm happy he's not performing on the team right now, but still, I mean, this is a guy that has been through fucking hell with this team and still manages to, uh, you know, put things together whenever he needs to, um, you know, still, still didn't raise, you know, say a word, endured yeah, it all with us. He left it all on the field. You know, I think, uh, what he's uh, played with twelve different quarterbacks. I know you took offense to the the starting quarterbacks because not all of them were technically what you would be your season starter. But you know, protected uh, twelve different quarterbacks in his time with yeah. the Bears. It Including seems like it's probably Barkley. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, a whole host of names. Um, and unfortunately, it seems like his time with the Bears is probably going to come to an end at the end of this season. Uh, but overall, on, on the positive side, like you were mentioning, Austin, um, the injury report clearing up a lot. Uh, so that's great news there. I'm not sure if we ever got confirmation. Is Khalil Herbert a full go for this it game? Se- it seems like it because they released Darrington Evans today. So, oh, OK, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, and hit like he did all right considering the situation. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, and he's just another running back injury away from being brought right back. I mean, that's that's how it works. How many times have we seen Peterman uh, cut <laughs> and then re-sign mere days uh, from each other? So we'll see if Darrington Evan may, makes a comeback with this team. And the offensive line, you know, I talked about it uh, in the post game. I think they're performing extremely well, and I, I think that they are playing – not at an elite level, but they are working their way towards it. The one kind of issue I have with Nate Davis returning is I really hope it doesn't throw off kind of what they had on that right side of the offensive line with Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is a good point. And Nate Davis, I think I he's performed, I'd say well in spurts it really seemed like in the beginning of the year he just had no clue what was going on which makes sense considering he was barely in training camp at all uh some of it not his fault obviously dealt with i i'm pretty sure one of the reasons why he was gone is he dealt with a death in his family which is obviously horrible but that is what you know transpires when you're not in camp for all the entire camp it's you don't get that communication but then he starts playing way better um, come like the first couple weeks he was getting into it and instantly gets injured. Injuries in his career have been uh, a commonplace, I'd say. Uh, he was constantly injured when he was with the Titans. So I, I don't know if he's going to be a long-term answer there, but certainly looked better than white hair, I would say. So, yeah, man, I, I think that hopefully that doesn't disturb what they have going on the right-hand side. But overall, I'd say the line is still going to be better, which makes me excited. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that they've made progress in pass protection. I think in, in the run game, um, really kind of built off of, you know, where this offensive line was last year, where they were pretty pitiful in pass protection, but were able to do their job in the running game. And I think now the Bears offensive line can impose against some lesser defensive lines that can impose their will 
uh, and you can really lean on the running game to to help take you down the field. So I'm hoping that the Bears really do build on that come this game against the Lions because this is, you know, a, a big test for this Bears team. Honestly, oh, yeah. I think that they've played you know some not so great teams over the past few weeks, and you know, offensively and defensively. I mean. I think the Lions defense is still exploitable. I think that the Bears should be able to score against the Lions. They're not that great. Um, but I think, you know, as far as for this defense to really go out there and prove themselves too, this Lions offense is heating up. And, and, you know, even though they just have Jared Goff as their quarterback, they have a whole lot of weapons. And Goff is dealing, you know, he's doing his thing. He's finding his way in the offense. He seems very settled in. Um, we've talked about the the job that Ben Johnson has done as offensive coordinator there. Yeah. Really, really doing some great work and getting a lot of different people, the football. This Lions team too, man, for as much flack as they got for the draft that they, they went ahead and picked, they are, you know, getting heavy use out of like their first four draft picks. And you talk about the impact of Gibbs, who's really come on lately, Sam Laporta, has had a very strong rookie season for a tight end. Uh, Brian Branch is playing uh, really well as a box safety. You know, they got some some great players to the draft and, and, you know, made some acquisitions through free agency and and built upon the fact that they had coming into this year a fantastic offensive line. Yeah, that offensive line is the real deal. I mean, that's what everyone's going to be talking about. I did see that they lost uh, Vitae. There, there was it right guard, I believe. I can't remember if he's their right guard or left guard. I believe so. Um, which is going to hurt them. But still, I mean, this offensive line for the Lions is pretty incredible, which it, that's what's really, I think, been the main success factor is they found really a, dom- a dominant line without really dedicating an absurd amount of draft capital. Obviously, uh, Sewell is was a very highly drafted player and a really good player. But what's weird about it is not a lot of these other guys have been super highly drafted at all. Um, so I think that's really their identity, their ground and pound team. David Montgomery has been performing really well for them. Is he playing? I feel like he is, right? He's not injured. I believe so. Yeah, he should be playing. I mean, I know he was back last week in the Chargers game had a really good game and I think that he's good to go for for this week as well. I was just trying mm. to figure out if Vitae Gibbs. was a tackle or not. I don't know. I couldn't I think he might be the He right was a tackle, tackle for the Eagles, I think, before um oh, okay. before he became a guard for the Lions from if I remember oh, okay. correctly. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. But yeah, so I mean, overall, I think that this team they they're not going to they're not going to they don't have the flashy flashy talent like i would actually argue that the bears have some higher end offensive talent in terms of having a guy like dj Moore on the team um or even like at quarterback justin fields a lot more exciting than a guy like jared goff but i would say both offensively and defensively these this team just plays as one they're very well coached and like coaching is an absolute asset to this team which you know, when Dan Campbell was first hired, I kind of thought it was hilarious. I'm not going to lie, but he's really turned out to be a spectacular coach for them. And he's going to look great in the Texas A&M maroon uh, come a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, Ben Johnson too. total, you know, obviously I forget who was their offensive coordinator year one under Campbell. I know he got fired. Yeah, um, I can't remember. 
can't remember his name. I, I could be wrong, but I think he previously was the running backs coach for the Eagles. Um, but regardless, Ben Johnson, since he's taken over, really has revolutionized this offense for them, giving them the best offense I've seen from the D- Detroit Lions, at least most consistent. Obviously, there were some good offenses under Caldwell for the Lions, but really, I mean, this team took a step forward under Johnson and really have been able to kind of it's the identity of the team um, by far, especially last year going in this year, they have more balance on defense, which we'll get into in a little bit, but overall, yeah, pretty good. I will say um, as far as their draft picks go, still not a huge fan of a lot of them. I will say though, give, I'll give credit to Sam Laporta man has been an absolute stud. Um, and I also, geez, I'm blanking on the linebacker. They drafted from Iowa too. Oh, Jack but, Campbell. Yeah, he's been good too. Um, Gibbs, I just, I don't know, man. Just thinking about some of the other players that were there, hard to kind of imagine uh, how this team would be different. It, it's interesting that this team seems to struggle almost with drafting some of the talent that they have with got, like some of these guys coming in. Or I don't know if it's drafting or developing the talent, but I mean, also, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the guy that keeps getting suspended. From Alabama, Jameson, Jameson Williams. Williams yeah. He has just been kind of nothing for this team. I, I think he's picked up a little bit lately, but to this point in his career is not provided nearly where I thought he'd be in his NFL career. I thought he was going to be on a similar trajectory as like a Devonta or not Devonta Adams, uh, Devonta Smith, um, like that level trajectory. I thought he was that good. And since coming to the lines, I don't know if they're not using him correctly or what, but he's kind of struggled there. David Montgomery has been really good. I think Jamison Williams is a key that could take this Lions team from being a good team to like, if we're actually talking about them being a legit Super Bowl contender, it's like he's got to become a a big, big part of the offense. And I think if they do unlock that from him, then like, yes, this offense is then 10 out of 10 scary. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, for the Lions to this point, and unfortunately for Jamison Williams, it's been a very odd start to his career. I mean, obviously, he came in injured uh, that he had sustained in the college football playoffs, uh, which was unfortunate for him. But obviously, he still had a very high ceiling. So the Lions picked him up. It was, I don't think many people interpreted it as a bad pick initially. Um, and I, I, I still wouldn't really, pick. yeah, I I'd wouldn't say. be willing to. Th- I wouldn't be willing to throw the bus label on him. It's just been interesting that now that this year he's been able to play um, even more games that it's still taken a little while to get to develop. But, you know, for a team like the Lions, who's hoping to have a postseason run, the season's still kind of young. So, you know, they got to figure it out and, and get it in gear and hopefully um, can incorporate him into the offense more so uh, for their sake. But uh, luckily for the Bears this week, hopefully he's not going to be a huge issue. Hopefully not. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, he has 89 yards currently this year, 130 in his career. That's that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty tough. I love those Kevin White numbers, man. <laughs> I know that's that's honestly I was about to say that is like he that's he's getting to that territory where like if things don't like if a nut, he's like one injury away, I feel like where he starts yeah. to get to that Kevin White area where you're just like everything that could have went wrong went wrong for him and all the talent. He's even more talented than Kevin White by far, in my opinion. Kevin White obviously was just 
a freak athletically with how big and how fast he was. But Jameson Williams technically is way far advanced than Kevin White um, at this point in his career. So, yeah, I think overall this Lions team, they do have like the pieces. Like it seems like they're trying to plant in more explosion. But really, I mean, they're a mauling team. Um, you know, even a guy like uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he is a good player, but he's not a deep threat. He's kind of, uh, you know, not necessarily short, but kind of a mid range short to mid range guy for the most part. Um, but that's kind of their, that's the identity of their offense right now. And Goff is doing a good job conducting it. I will say I'm not a big Jared Goff fan. I feel like he is a result of the system. I don't feel like he is the, the reason for the success, but good for him being able to resurge his career still. Um, and he's certainly, you don't see him missing the big plays like he kind of did in the past when he was with the Rams. And I feel like a part of it's just the offense he's in. This is again, a much more uh, re- offense that relies a lot heavier on rhythm than such as like the Sean McVay offense where the deep passing is such a big feature in that offense. So I feel like they're doing a good job scheming around him. If I was a Lions fan long-term, my trajectory I would be afraid to have Jared Goff on the team, though. I don't think Jared Goff is going to take this team really anywhere long term. Like, I, I would be shocked if he's even in another Super Bowl, to be completely honest. Um, but at the same time, again, like you like what you're seeing. The Lions, I just feel like they're they're that team where you're like everything's there and like but no one's going to be really afraid of golf. You know, that's what I feel like a lot of these yeah, actual but, real big time contending teams are thinking. They're like, wow, this is a really good team, but they have Jared Goff. Yeah. But the NFC man, is just like, honestly, so still so bad quarterback. True. Wise. It, True. it really, it really is. I mean, <laughs> even like we, there's been a lot of talk about CJ Stroud and he's on the AFC now. <laughs> and even like when Anthony Richardson was balling out, it's like all of these quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, just, Poured over in the in the AFC, it's it's the weirdest dynamic in in football. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, you're talking about Dak Prescott being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. So the right? the bar is not very high. <laughs> it's really oh, and and Geno Smith on his career resurgence. You know, a, a Brock Purdy. You know, he yeah, he's. If, if Kyler wasn't so beat up all the time and he could piece together some consistent seasons, you might be talking about him being one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's get into the roster breakdown. Let's uh let's start comparing them. Let's start off with quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is uh now that Justin Fields is back, I feel like we're truly in the rhythm of of these roster comparisons where it's going to be, here's the talent level, and here's going to be the execution and how the scheme is set up for uh, them comparatively. Because I think you can look at Jared Goff, right? And ben Johnson is going to do a hell of a lot better job preparing a game plan for Jared Goff than Getsy is for Fields. Um, you know, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, okay, let me put it this way. In probably any other circumstance, you know, I'd go, I'd be a homer. and I'd say Justin Fields, but he is coming back to his first game from his injury with a thumb injury. We're not, none of us have really seen 
publicly how well he can spin it. I'm going to go with Jared Goff right now. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to remove some of that bias. I'm going to try to be logical and think through it. I'll go with Goff, but you know, my, my mind and my heart are telling me to, to go for fields, but (laughs) I'm trying to, trying to think past that. You've been watching a lot of Fox news lately, Reese. I'm not. I have not. Oh, oh okay. I'm All not. right. Just making sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're being very conservative here, reference. Reese. <laughs> okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, all right. <laughs> I, I need to get the Edo. Like, guys, guys, pipe down, pipe down in the interview. <laughs> the interview moment. I need to go get Tigers on, on the soundboard. Go Tigers. Um, I'm going Bears. Uh, you know, I think that Jared, again, you're right, though. Like, who's going to have better? Honestly, I'm interested. I'm interested in this game. This is really an opportunity for this Bears coaching staff uh, to, like, absurd, assert that, hey, this was like a talent issue. And now that we're getting everyone healthy, things are starting to go better. Uh, so I'm interested to see what the game plan is here, even though at the same time, every time this coaching staff gets this opportunity, um, they've been e- really easy to fumble it, <laughs> really easy to fumble it. Um, so at the same time, I'm concerned about that, but overall, I mean, I'm just thinking about this from the perspective of who would I rather have on my team moving forward. And yeah, it's absolutely Justin Fields, but who's going to perform better could be Jared Goff. Um, all right, running back. I feel like this is going to be such a tough roster. There's so many in my mind that are close to dead heats, you know? Um, yeah. I like the, I like where the Bears running back room is at, though, right now. Um, so I think returning Khalil Herbert, I think with Foreman, um, I'm actually going to lean with the Bears here. I'm not really? going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I am a big fan of Jameer Gibbs. I'm a fan of like that type of running back that really has that explosive potential, you know? I was a you know big Tony Pollard fan. You know I like the running backs that can just reel off a big play, and I think the Lions have that more so than any Bears running back at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I really do just like what the Bears have been been able to accomplish in the running game, and you know the Lions have probably done it more consistently without through the the process of the season. But I think that you know I think the Bears running backs are suiting up for a big game here. And I like I like what Foreman's been able to do physically, and hopefully I think Khalil Herbert, I've always been a big fan of Khalil Herbert. You know, I think that he does have that explosive potential. I know some people knock him on his ability in the passing game. He can take screens to the house, though, sometimes. I think he's a very versatile running back. Um, he just needs to clean up some of his, uh, his missteps. Yeah. <sighs> this one's a hard one, too, because, like, potential. Um, I'm going to go with the Lions here. Because I think David Montgomery has been performing really well. John Muir Gibbs, obviously highly drafted. I was a fan of him in college, even though I do think he was overdrafted. Um, that's kind of the hard thing about sometimes the draft evaluations is that you can be a big fan of a player, but at the same time be like, uh, at that spot. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions for the talent perspective. But again, I do think that the Bears running backs are going to perform better. Donta Foreman, man, has just been killing it. The, it, what a mistake that this guy was inactive for the first four weeks of the season. I mean, yeah. in my mind, I mean, the way that I come down to it is like, okay, 
I think I like Khalil Herbert. I like Jameer Gibbs. I like them both. I'm just going to kind of cancel that out. Would I rather have Foreman or Monty? I'm I'm kind of feeling Foreman. Yeah. You know, yeah, personally. I get that. So I get that. That That's where I'm at. Yeah. I, yeah, I get that for sure. I would rather have Foreman too right now with just, I mean, he's been balling. Like it's, he's kept up the same pace he was on with the, I don't know if it's the same pace per se, but like the same, like, ability that he had with the Panthers at the end of the last year like dude is just a monster um yeah I get that offensive line I, I think this one's easy we were just gushing about it Lions I'm sure you agree yeah yeah I'll go with the Lions but you know not no discredit to the Bears um offensive line I mean they've been putting it together they've been playing a lot better this year especially the past few weeks um so I'm excited to see what they can do uh but yeah, I mean, I think the Lions, the offensive line has kind of been a cornerstone for them, right, during this yep. whole kind of project of building them to where they are. Uh, so I think they definitely got to ride with them. Wide receiver. This one was interesting for me um, because, like, I, I don't know where I'm at with Darnell Mooney right now. I'm honestly... I've been a little disappointed on his season. Obviously, he's come on as of late. I'm interested to see if the staff can keep up that production for him. Um, I still went Bears. I still went Bears because I just think DJ Moore is going to be the best player on the field in the wideout room by significant margin, to be completely honest with you. Not to discredit Amon Ra, but like this, this is a part of why I think it's so impressive what Ben Johnson has done is because he's done this with Jared Goff and a bunch of wide receivers that aren't really anything to, to gasp at, you know? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm a big fan of the sun God, you know, Monra, same Brown. Um, I kind of think he's developing to be like this generation's Keenan Allen. I could see that. He's been, a, uh, he's gotten a lot. He's gotten to be very versatile. Um, still not going to be a deep threat by any means, but. Yeah, yeah, but he works the middle of the field extremely well. Um, and definitely the short and intermediate, like you had mentioned earlier in the podcast. I go I will go with the Bears as well. Um, like you had said, DJ Moore. Um I, I I've been thrilled I I'm thrilled to have him on the Chicago Bears. Like honestly, I think he's the best Bears player. Um, you know, you can argue Justin Fields, but I'd say, you know, at least Bears receiver that we've had in a very, very long time. Oh, yeah, like for sure. You know, without a doubt. Um I, I do want to kind of hit on what you said on Mooney, though. I, I'm torn on Mooney just because I don't know how much of it, similar to like what you'd say about Justin Fields, like how much of it is on the coaching staff. Yeah. I, I don't think he's playing like poorly. And it's not like when he's had his shots and opportunities that he's been dropping the ball. It's just the targets aren't quite there. I mean, even some, in some games, DJ Moore, and this was mainly with Bajan, but DJ Moore couldn't exactly drum up a lot of targets. It's been yeah. an offense that's still... Like if you, yeah, if you were a fantasy owner, you'd be like this, <laughs> this offense can't support anything more than one receiver in a game, you know, like it still can't like the passing offense still isn't there um, quite like that. It's working up to it, but it's like one player has to go off in order for it to, to really go off. Um, but I will go with the bears and um, you know, I, I still want to see Tyler Scott get more opportunities as well. I think in, and the few chances that he's had, he's looked pretty good. And I think maybe you look at he someone like Mo- 
I think maybe, you know, you look at the way he's come on and maybe he can kind of take that, especially if you only view Mooney as like a wide receiver, a high end wide receiver three, like low end wide receiver two. You know, maybe Tyler Scott's someone that can can fill that void if uh, Mooney were to not to be extended. Yeah, I think when we talked in the offseason about the draft, we mentioned that we thought that Tyler Scott could be the Mooney replacement because their skill sets align very closely with each other. And honestly, Tyler Scott has flashed a lot this year, um, especially as of late. I'm not going to Mooney obviously had a really big game, too, recently, but. I don't see a world, to be honest, where you have both Mooney and him on the field because they're just it, more isn't a small guy by any means, but he's not the biggest guy either. And like that's really what this team is missing now that Chase Claypool didn't work out. They're missing a bigger bodied guy. And uh, yeah, I just can't imagine that it, it right now. A lot of Bears fans aren't going to like to hear this, but I would be a little bit surprised if Mooney's on this roster come next year, to be completely honest with you. I think that it's likely that he's going to leave in free agency similar to Montgomery. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah. it's, I will say it's a shame that some of the Packers fans on Twitter aren't the GM because uh, we might be able to fleece him out of a Christian Watson. And that would be a, <laughs> I think that would be a, a pretty interesting uh, wide receiver tandem as far as a DJ oh, yeah. Moore and Watson. Oh yeah. I'd take that. Could have been, we got, Could've. we ended up getting, I think Brisker instead or Kyler Gordon. Which, you know, it's hard not to like the Kyler Gordon pick and, and even still the, the Jaquan Brisker pick. I mean, yeah, we're talking about, I, I want to say this, quick tangent, quick tangent away from the roster breakdown. There's two things that I feel strongly about this offseason, and they both come mm. on the defensive side of football, and that's okay. that Eddie Jackson will not be returning. Mm. I think that he's gone. And I'm pretty sure that Jalen Johnson's probably going to get the franchise tag. Yeah, yeah. It seems like Johnson's probably going to get tagged. I think, honestly, Johnson's contract depends a little bit what we do at quarterback. Like, if we draft a quarterback, then you obviously have extra room. But if we keep fields, I mean, you need space to extend him. And we just gave Montez Sweat a massive extension. So I feel, I feel like trade could be the option there or just tag him. Um it's it's interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see there. Um, as far as Eddie Jackson goes, I I don't know. I I kind of feel like they might bring him back, but they might just like also draft a guy. Like it, to me, it seems like they're he might he gets a lot of leeway partially because of his contract. His contract's still not the easiest get out of. Um, but like, yeah, should he? I think he's going to be transition planned very shortly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like he's had a, a very up and down career with the Bears, but I think, you know, come time when his career at the Bears is over, whether he goes and plays for another team or not, however ends up shaking out, um, I think it'll be looked upon mostly positively. I mean, who can forget, you know, like the rookie year that he had? Oh, I mean, yeah. That was second year. I mean, he's an all pro. I mean, I he he definitely like honestly, I do wonder if Fangio stays in 2019 and keeps staying like stays on the team remains as defensive coordinator. I do wonder where this team gets to. I do think that Matt Nagy was clearly just out coached at a certain point, but I don't know, man, it's hard to at times not wonder how Eddie Jackson's career could have been different 
if he just stayed in that scheme because it seemed like he was just such a perfect fit and that the Bears, since that moment and since they shelled out that contract, have been trying to fit a square peg into a round hole this entire time where he just is a single deep safety. That's what he does. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I He was on a Hall of Fame trajectory up until like his like fourth year, I'd say. Yeah, injuries got in the way and then tackling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just shows you, though, like the NFL, it's kind of getting to a, a spot that's a little different where it's almost like players. It's it's not as common to see f- like the franchise player now, in, in my opinion. It seems like it really seems like players will come on in spurts and then fizzle out. It just seems like it's increasingly rare to see the guy that sticks with his team the whole time. Unbelievable. All of his years. I don't know why that is, but it just seems like that's less common nowadays. Yeah. No, I think it's like, you have such a variety of players. I think the rookie deal is so huge. Like I think, you know, the landing spots and some of the trades that happen because of extensions and the scale uh, that they have to get up to, you know, has thrown things off. And I think that, you know, not every player that the term that you coined for the uh, the Montez sweat when we were talking about him being brought over from the commanders, the scheme agnostic, not yeah, every player true. is scheme agnostic, you know, and it's like it, it, it seems true. like such a cliche or cop out thing to say, but it's like in a certain scheme, some players could have a Hall of Fame career and others they could be out of the league in two years because it's just it's about player utilization. I mean, that is so much about what the the league is about right now. It's so much of the reason why someone like Matt Eberflus and this staff is on the hot seat because they're not good at it. And if you're not good at utilizing the players on your roster, you're not going to be around for long. Yeah. The evolution of like scheme driven football certainly gets into that for sure. I mean, people definitely are now drafting for scheme over talent, which I think has been good for the game and bad. I think that there's been like, I think players have transitioned better from the college game to the program pro game, especially offensively, like a lot better. I don't know what the NFL was doing back in like 2006, but like when all these West coast offenses were become starting to become like slightly commonplace and they were having tremendous, <laughs> tremendous drafts and utilization of their players. And there's still guys like John Fox that are just like, we're playing old school, rugged football. Like, it, <laughs> uh, 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 Jeff Fisher, Jeff fit fish Fisher, right? Yeah, Jeff Fisher. Fisher yeah. yeah. Mr. Eight and eight. Yeah, him too. Like, just like, oh my god, that's insane. Funny. Over, he drafted Jared Goff. Funny enough. Um, yeah, it's so funny because also a quarterback like Goff nowadays would never be drafted in the first round. Even I don't think Daniel yeah, Jones. Not. I would. I think that is. I don't even think a quarterback like Daniel Jones would be drafted in the first round because of his lack of mobility. You just have to be mobile nowadays. Well, Daniel Jones is like weirdly mobile, but that it is just doesn't, true. It doesn't that look pretty. But I've never, I never understood the Daniel Jones pick. Not, not the day that it was made. I never understood it. Yeah, they uh, passed up on quarterbacks uh, for Barkley the year before. Took him with the second overall pick, and then waited to 2019 and drafted Daniel Jones. It's like, dude, what? Not, not that. Like, I know that for the Giants, it was like Sam Darnold who like probably wouldn't have worked out as he didn't 
in other places, but at the same time, it's just like in the same city. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just tough to tough to imagine uh, if my team drafted a running back second overall not, and not to discredit Saquon, like Saquon was literally like the second coming. <laughs> That's how he was viewed. Like people are like, oh, Bijan's so great. Dude, people viewed Saquon. I, I saw him in per- person to play, and it was believable. He was an absolute stud, but people viewed him as the second coming for sure. <laughs> like he was just like different, viewed differently. Not like Reggie Bush, I wouldn't say, but like up there, like up there, big time. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think so. I think that we're not going to see that kind of. Uh clamoring for a running back even like Bijan was very talented 100% um I don't think it was even close to the Saquon level or even Zeke level yeah. if I'm being honest yeah Zeke was huge too Zeke was huge too that's crazy 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 uh, how do you was Zeke I mean I think with both Zeke and Saquon I think those two guys kind of ruined the running back market to be yeah, honest, pretty much. Because well, even they Zeke with... even ruined it for Saquon. <laughs> True, <laughs> you know. But True. yeah, Zeke was the last one that really got the cash in. Yeah, for being honest. Very true. Okay, let's get back to it. I want to hear your Cole Komet slander, Reese tight end. Yeah. You know, I've been I've been tough on Cole Komet at some points in this year, but I think honestly he's had a, a very solid year. I think that he's been one of the more consistent parts of this offense. Um, and, and sometimes his games just don't jump off the stat book because he's being asked to do more pass protection. But luckily, he's really started to free up um, and have some some big touchdown games as well. And, um, man, what game was it? The Saints game where he really started to show that more physical side of his game. I think, yeah, honestly, I think that Saints game might be the best game. I know he had that three-touchdown game last year. I think that yeah. Saints game might have been the best game that he ever had in his career, if I'm being cool. honest. Yeah, I agree. Well, Cole Komet, like, weirdly, like, just has a way. It's always when he's playing, like, on the right side, too, where he's just able to get wide open, where people just completely forget about him. And I think that's partially uh, in a big way because of his ability to block. Like, you can when you have a tight end that can actually block and catch, regardless of everything else, it opens your ski. Like you need that in a modern day Shanahan offense. You really, really need that. Um, yeah. That's why you see these guys are great receivers, not work out as well. Like Kyle Pitts, I'd say where they're not really the blocker. They're just the receiver. It's, it's a weird, it's weird in the modern day NFL with how heavily the tight end, arguably in my opinion, in the West West coast offense is one of the most important positions on the field. Like, I know oh, that no there's doubt. like this devalue of tight ends in the NFL, but like West Coast offense, really big deal. Really, really big deal. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, Brock Bowers got injured, but it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how he comes on in the league. Um, and then some of my Michigan bias showing, but I really do think that Colston Loveland, when he does get to the NFL, is going to be a, a special tight end as well. Um but I mean, honestly, if like for Cole Komet, I just want like 
<laughs> after this season wraps up, just sit him in front of, you know, some Gronk highlights and just be like, bro, just channel this energy, you know, just yeah. play like a little bit more angry. And I think he could really be that knocking on the door of being like a top seven, top five tight yeah. end. I think the potential is there. Um, you know, he's just, hasn't fully got there yet. We we see it at times, but you know, hasn't fully got there yet. Man, this is another tough one to call because Laporta has been playing so hot as well. Um and I, I might just give the nod to the Lions because really? I feel like for the Bears tight end room, it has been such a one man show. We really have not seen that much from Tanya um, hasn't performed from, that well. Yeah, from Tunyon and, you know, Mercedes Lewis. I don't know if you caught it on the uh, injury report, but he's just taking some rest days. You know, he's he's an old guy. He needs he needs some rest. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis. I mean, he he's obviously mostly a blocking tight end. He'll occasionally sneak out, but like certainly more, just a blocking tight end at this point in his career. Um, I'm, I'm definitely I'm going to go Bears here, even though, yeah, Laporta has been a lot better than I expected. I just thought he was like. My comp to him actually was Cole Komet. Like I thought he was kind of just like a nothing, like, like one in the same. I'm gonna be honest. I was not happy with the Cole Komet pick to be compl- like to be straightforward because I just felt he was so meh. You know, like I just felt it. Yeah. At least I I can say now it's worked out well. But at the moment, the where the Bears were at in what was that 2019? That was that the 20? No, that was the 2020 draft, right? Yeah, 2020 draft um the covid year draft and god dude things are the world is is moving fast man this is so oh, weird yeah. that cole Komet was drafted in the covid draft and, and now he's on his second contract um but i will say at that moment 2020 felt like a crucial year for the for the matt Nagy regime and ryan and it, i still think it was and to have <laughs> To have a tight end drafted that you're like, this guy might be average, average to above average, and it'll take him three years to get there, which is exactly what we said on that podcast. You can track it down. It'll, it might ta- it'll probably take him three years to get there because that's what pretty much every tight end besides <laughs> Sam Laporta, I guess. Um, yeah, I, it, I wasn't a huge fan of the pick. One thing I want to mention, too, before we move to the defense about Brock Bowers he is like so freaking good that he would be like the one tight end that would be like, like maybe it, he can validate getting drafted in the top 10. But like every single time a tight end goes in the top 10, they just always make the team look so stupid. Like always. Like um, I just said his name earlier in the podcast. The, uh, the Kyle Falcons. Pitts. Kyle yeah. Pitts. Okay. Before him, you had... Uh, David Njoku, he was top 10, wasn't he? He might have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Njoku was top 10. Or am I thinking of um, the Tampa? I'm thinking of the Tampa, the tight end drafted by Tampa. OJ Howard. OJ Howard, that's who I'm thinking of. He was top 10. Njoku was a first rounder, but he was 29th overall. Yes, OJ Howard was was definitely higher up. Yeah. OJ Howard was nine, I think, ninth overall. Nineteenth, actually. So really, not quite, okay. not quite up. Interesting. There, Ebron, that's the that's the common one. Oh yeah. Hawkinson was top ten, wasn't he? He's actually turned out pretty well, but I don't think he validated. I mean, they traded him away. 
Yeah. Yeah, but he still turned 11. out well. All right. Well, you got you got Ebron was top ten. He was tenth. Okay. Yeah. Let my let myself. I, I have a Over. full work day in front of me too, man. I'm never gonna catch up. <laughs> Hawkinson was eighth overall. Okay, eighth. Yeah, we're done looking people up now. <laughs> All right, All right. but yeah, I, uh, yeah, they just typically don't work out to to the same extent that you typically think they would. But like Bowers, man, I'm just like so close to being like, I have a rule: never draft a tight end in like the top twenty of the draft. But with with Bowers, I'm like so close to breaking that rule because he's just been. He's not like Kyle Pitts where it's like he's been like good in college and like shows a lot of talent. He's been like like literally one of the best players in college football for the past like 3 seasons. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. What was that game? Who were they playing earlier in the year where he just carried Georgia hard? I don't remember. I f- they they actually they, they had to come back in that game too. I I forgot, but Oh, was it against uh, Auburn? It was Auburn. It yeah. was Auburn. Yeah. That was yeah. the tip of my tongue. And as soon as you started it, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on to uh we're on the defense, defense. now, right? Yeah. Defensive line. I'm going Lions. Um I don't think I'm going Lions too, but I don't think it's by as much as people think. Like, no. You know, obviously a Michigan guy, like I, I do have respect for um Hutch Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I think he's playing well. He's kind of cooled off a little bit from the hot start that he had early in the year. Um, but I don't think there's a tremendous gap. Um, I'm blanking on to who else the Lions have, but I think that they the Lions defensive line. Winovich. <laughs> yeah, another former Michigan player, long hair and all. Um, but I do think the Bears off on defensive line is going to get tested against this uh, Lions offensive line. I don't really trust they're going to be able to put up much production, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm, I'm going Lions, but I same thing. I actually think Montez Sweat is the best edge rusher on the field. Not, not long-term. Like, I think Hawkinson is obviously a higher ceiling, but... Hutchinson. Uh, yeah, I always call him Hawkinson. I don't know it's why. It's late. It's getting late. Yeah. You know? There's just a there's just a link between Iowa and Michigan players now. Like all the all the bad Michigan players go to Iowa. <laughs> and not even like bad too. Like Eric All, unfortunately, he got injured too. But yeah, he's gonna be he good. Tr- well, he got hurt though. So yeah. unfortunately, I don't know. I'm sure he'll still get drafted, but um, but yeah, they got the the scrub QB though. Although, thank you for his service in 2021. But. Um, yeah, I, I do think that Montez Sweat's probably the best there. I also like Billings. I like Billings. Uh, the Lions, they just got like kind of like a bunch of guys. that On their defense overall, it plays better than the players on the field, for sure. Like, they play yeah. a lot better. I think, you know, with aside from Montez Sweat, I think the Bears, like with like Billings, and um, even what uh, Jerron Dexter has shown, it's like, okay, we got players that are good to be rotation guys. Yeah. We still need like, you know, a couple other like solid like starters, you know. And, and that's why like, I we talked about we were both fans with the Billings extension, but it's like now you can't roll with them. You can't depend yeah. on him, you know, yeah. <laughs> like that's. But moving on, you know. Yeah. 
Uh, linebacker. I'm going Bears. Bears. Yeah, right. I like the Bears. Yeah. Is, I wonder if Tremaine Edmonds will be back this week. Mm, I I don't think so. I think on the injury report, I know he at least didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't know about today. Like maybe Sanborn's been balling, man. He's been he, like even at like he. I, I think he's a better middle linebacker than he is. What was he weak side before? Yeah. Or wait, no, I think he was playing strong side. Right? Oh, I gotcha. I don't know. I don't know. TJ Edwards. I should know. TJ Edwards actually leads the the league in tackles. Am I right? I, I think so. you're right. Yeah. He so. he's a kind of a he's just like a tackling machine. I mean, this linebacker room is so good. Way better. Even Noah Sewell, I think, would start on a lot of teams. To be honest, and Dylan Cole. I mean, he's been pitch hitting sometimes too, and he's been playing pretty well. Um. All right. Let's stop gushing over the Bears linebackers. Uh, cornerback <laughs> in 85 uh, Bears. yeah yeah give me the bears safety well i don't think uh cj gardner johnson right he's not playing he's still I like think rehabbing i think he might be out for the season i can't remember it was like no, he's got multiple th- injuries he, well he said that he's gonna be back he said he's gonna be back so do you trust the player or not <laughs> uh I don't know on this one, man. I'm stumped. You know what? Let's go Bears. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give Kirby the Bears. He's, Kirby, he's he's not bad. He's solid, very solid. Illinois guy from Illinois. Yeah. Yep. Part he, of that incredible secondary that they had with him and Devon Weatherspoon and Sidney Brown and man, they were stacked. Where did um, where did that defensive coordinator for Illinois go? The who? Defense coordinator that coached that team. Oh, he's the Purdue coach. Yes, that's right. That's right. You see, you're so good with knowing, like, literally, like, even who Purdue's head coaches. I'm gonna be honest. I book out on those ones. <laughs> it helps. I mean, you'll once you once you get back local, you'll, you'll get it when you're more in the swing oh, yeah. of things. But you know, for sure, you you got sure. that national view, and your mind is caught up. You'll be you'll be part of Big Ten country soon. Oh yeah, uh, Mister USC oh, yeah. guy. I'm yeah. so excited about that. By the way, like I, honestly, are you I really just think excited it's... to play Iowa? <laughs> you know, <laughs> 11 a.m. kick against Iowa. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to play at Wrigley Field. <laughs> uh, oh man, oh. <laughs> that's <laughs> ten cursed. to seven game. <laughs> Dude, that that is so cursed. Oh my god. Um yeah, I just I, I'm really excited about Big I just think Big Ten football is is A just better than Pac 12 football overall. I actually think that the Bears schedule or sorry, the um Trojans schedule this year. I feel weird calling them Trojans. USC, that's what they're known as. <laughs> USC schedule next year is a lot. I, not a lot, but I do think it's actually easier. Funny enough, like their, their schedule this year sucked. It was well, that was horrible. a gaunt. I mean, that's because you know we'll get back on track here, Bears fans. But the Pac-12, I think that that's the strongest conference in college football yeah. this year. Which is why I think it's ridiculous that Washington isn't in the playoffs right now for college football. The CFP. Oh, they're ranking. just waiting for him to lose. That they're about ready to pay off those Pac-12 refs, refs to make it, you know, not happen. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Exactly. 
Um, but yeah, I just think that I'm, I'm more excited for it. I think it's going to be good for the program. I think like the, the program is going to be as finally in like a good direction. You know, we got rid of the cancer, like actually like the worst part of the program still need to build it up a little bit, but not having uh, the biggest thing though, this is the biggest thing, not having to have PAC 12 network, PAC 12 network actually ruined the PAC 12. That's what killed the conference. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Dude, it's these TV deals. It's literally the Pac-12 network that killed the conference and the Longhorn network killed or is what started this whole conference realignment. It's crazy <laughs> when you think about it, but literally. Yeah. Like, that's what started the whole like strife between them and the rest of the Big 12. And, and what's ESPN. going on with the ACC? Like a lot of these ACC teams can't leave or whatever. I don't know. And they're playing games on the CW. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. You know, it's like playing oh, on man. USA. It's like playing on the USA channel, bro. Dude, college football is going to be so much better with like, now teams are going to be able to lose a little. It's going to, it's going to be so much better. Like it's 16 really, playoffs. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Let's get to our predictions. Sorry. You guys have to listen to college football talk again. Yeah. They're just saying start a college football podcast already. You know, we might F around and just might maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, score predictions. Got the bears taking the L. Um, I'm going 31 to 20 lions. I want to do it so bad. Yeah. I, I want to predict a do win it. so bad. Do it. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'll do it. I think the only way the Bears win this week is if they get over 30 points. And I think if they get over 30 points, honestly, the way this this defense hasn't been good by any means, but they, with the exception of the Chargers game, they've been more than serviceable over the past couple of weeks, especially last week. And I know the Panthers are struggling with that offensive line, polar opposite situation here with the Lions. But if you can just get a little bit of pressure, if you can, if you can hold the Lions, here's the key to the game: hold the Lions under thirty, score over thirty. <laughs> I love it. That's how math it. works. Um, but yeah, in all seriousness, I'm going to go. Mm, bears. Jeez, I'm trying to think. Bears, 31. Lions, we'll say Lions 30. I'm 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 calling it one point game, one point game. I love it. So we're talking about a game winner, probably. And then we'll, as soon as I turn on the channel this week, the the, the team's just gonna get steamrolled. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. We'll know if this prediction is horrible within the first fifteen minutes, like fifteen seconds of the game, five yeah. game minutes, and we'll know if this prediction sucks. Man, let me let me say this. Let me say this. One thing. I hope Justin Fields stays healthy. I hope he's able to make it through the full game. I think that would be huge. Um, you know, the one thing we didn't talk about, too, and I think maybe we should address really quickly before we sign off here, Austin. Justin Fields said that, you know, he's not really trying to prove anything to anyone. Um, and, and I think that ultimately I don't mind the statement because it's something that we've been hammering home on the podcast where 
man, I think so much of this is out of his, his control, unfortunately. Um, you know, of course, I think in the NFL, every game is an audition. You know, even if Justin Fields, which to the dismay of a lot of Bears fans, even if he's playing on a different team next year, obviously him playing well bodes well and him getting an extension or more money from a different team, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I think as far as his status as a Bear, I think you hit it on it perfectly, Austin, in the post-game podcast where it's it's so much so about, you know, especially if Eberflus is gone, which I think a lot of us are anticipating. It's so much on what the next coach wants to do. Um, and, you know, maybe the, the next head coach would decide that they want to roll with fields. But, you know, I would say that that's pretty far from a certainty. I don't think that we can really bank on that to happen, especially if you're a fields truther. Um, and I think that Justin Fields is going to go out there. He's going to play to win these games. And, you know, ultimately at this point, that's the only thing that matters for this coaching staff, you know, for Justin Fields and, and really the players on this team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel for Justin Fields, like all these players just need to go out. And at this point, it's really hard to not view the season as over. And I do also like what's hard about being a football fan overall is you always want your team to be like, it always seems like a failure. Only one team, especially in college football, only one team nowadays, at least with the modern program, I'm going to say only one team wins it and everyone else is a failure. And I, I, that's why I'll say as a bears fan, just try to enjoy the ride for the rest of the season, because that's all we can do. All we can do is hope for Justin Fields. I'm happy that we're in a position this year where we can win and it's not at a detriment to the, program because we have a, a separate first overall pick so just enjoy the games you know get involved in the rivalry um and for justin fields just try to have the best individual performances you can i'm afraid that Eberflus is coming back i just that the only thing i would I, I would say absolutely not he's not coming back with the exception of the press conference that ryan pulls did that last one did not sound like a like it almost seemed like last year he was closer to moving on from fields because with with when Bryce Young would come up he's like we're going to do a full evaluation but when Matt Eberflus comes up he's like this guy's consistent day to day like okay yeah consistently fucking horrible um <laughs> but at oh, the same man. time like just enjoy the games if you're a college football fan enjoy the games too you know get ready for the bowl season the bowl game has been devalued, man. It means nothing now. Conference championship Sad. games are just, honestly, uh, conference championship teams are a detriment to the teams that play in them. I mean, Ohio State didn't even play in the conference championship last year, and they made the college football playoffs. Yeah, no, it's it's wild. Um, it's going to be a, a juicy weekend of football all around, um, from college to the pros. And, uh, you know, I think that that, that Ford field might be like a college football like environment on Sunday too. We're probably going to yeah. get a rowdy, a rowdy crowd of uh happy Detroit lions fans. So, you know, the bears are going to have to kind of like a, co- a good college football team. You know, they're going to have to shut them up, right? You're going to have yeah. to quiet that quiet down that opposing fans. And uh, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be it's real interesting. Yeah. It's different. It's going to be different. All right, man, but I'll cue up the music. Thank you all again for joining the podcast. We'll get this show out typically on Thursdays more. Uh, we it's been things have been kind of getting delayed. Um, we'll 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 get it. We'll get it. 
Uh, yeah. We're still going to be here, you know, two times a week, though, every week. Two times. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You can count on us. We're getting the kinks figured out. So don't you worry. We're going to be back home stretch the season. And, uh, you know, win or lose, we're never giving up on this team. We're always uh, bringing that uh, easily easily criticized coverage of the Bears. But, you know, we're still bringing it every week. So I appreciate you all for listening. Please leave a rating and review. And uh, as always, bear down. Bear down, guys. Stanzo brand fedoras.